Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, today we're talking about a little bit more with what we were discussing in our last show about how to turn your dog into a service dog and some common misconceptions and glitches that people tend to have when they're trying to train their own dog. Now, lately there's been a lot of discussion out there about people who are claiming to be able to train and certify a dog for some kind of a federal or governmental ID. There is nothing like that currently. Um, We hope that there will be someday and that people will kind of be forced to... uh, at least have a dog who is well-behaved so that it doesn't speak badly or or show badly for other people who do have legitimate service dogs. But there is a process by which we do certify dogs here at MerlinsKids.org. What that means is that our dogs go through some pretty grueling tests. Actually, I think it's tougher on the humans than on the dogs to ensure that they are good with other dogs that they're not going to drag somebody off to go chase a squirrel, to make sure they're not going to wind up in a dog fight or chasing a cat or biting a child or getting interested in anything uh, that they should be interested in uh, other than, uh, you know, the the taking care of the human for whom they are uh, caring. Now, one of the important things to understand is, yes, there are some sorts of certification processes. Now, let me explain. So here at Merlin's Kids, we have a protocol that lasts a minimum of six months and sometimes up to almost 15 months, depending on what the dog has to be trained to do. So when somebody asks us, well, how long is it going to take to train a dog to, for my child? Well, first of all, we have to know what your child's diagnosis is. What exactly is the dog going to be doing for your child? Well, you know, my 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 daughter is very, uh, you know, anxious at school, and you know, the dog will just basically be there to support her. Well, sorry, but that's not a service dog. Unfortunately, um, every dog. I mean, listen, we all feel better when we have a dog there, but that's not something that we could actually consider to be a legitimate service dog. That's like what we call an emotional support dog. That doesn't mean that that dog isn't doing a very important task. It just means it doesn't rise to the level of an actual service dog. Now, a service dog, interestingly enough, does not have any power unless it is with the human whom he is or she is taking care of. So, for instance, Wyatt, who was the number one service dog in the world in 2010 when he won the American Kennel Club's very prestigious AKC Ace Award, Wyatt was my service dog, and he still is. So when he goes somewhere with me, because I have some medical conditions and issues, I need to have him there to keep me safe. But how about if my friend would take Wyatt in and wanted to transport him on a plane just because, you know, she wanted to have a buddy for the for the trip? Well, no, then why it would actually not be a service dog. Not at all, because the dog doesn't have the power. It's the human and the disabilities 
or the uh, medical or physical conditions or emotional issues that the owner has, not actually the dog. Yes, the dog is trained specifically for that person, but the difference is that the dog doesn't have control or power under the law, under the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990. The human does. So imagine, take the, the human aspect out of a dog and treat him, as far as government can, is concerned, treat him as if he were an assistive device like a cane or a walker or a, a wheelchair or any other assistive or adaptive device. What that means is that the dog is going to help that human to be able to mitigate or reduce any potential issues he or she has from the medical conditions that the person would need the dog for. So imagine if we have a balanced dog, and like why it can do that for me with vertigo and many other issues. So let's say I have Wyatt, and Wyatt is helping not me moving through uh, a school or an airport, but he's actually helping someone, let's say, with cerebral palsy or somebody else who has another medical condition that requires balance. Yes, he is now her service dog because he is helping her to mitigate the damages or the condition and help her or him to walk through without using a cane or a walker or a wheelchair. So he would be. Now, we're the only ones in the world who actually train dogs for multiple disabilities, for multiple people. And we do this in schools around the world. Now, the interesting thing about that is that the dog cannot go into a restaurant with the handler because the handler is not the disabled person. So if the child is with the, the parent or the handler and the dog is working for that child, then yes, that dog is a service dog for that child. But if a parent takes a child's service dog into an airport or a restaurant, the dog is not allowed because the dog is not doing that job for the handler. So let's just say, for instance, and we've had quite a few, especially recently, people contacting us, some of my listeners, and you've said, and you've asked in many different ways, but basically the same question, what do I do when I see someone who has an obvious fake dog with a fake service vest and maybe even shows a fake card because... Honestly, if it's anything from any official-sounding agency that does not train dogs themselves, nobody can give you a card. Yeah, you can have one from the Department of Justice or whatever it says that this is a service dog. That doesn't mean anything. Most people who present a card like that actually are fakes. That's one of the ways you can tell if somebody is a fake if they say, well, I have an ID card for them. Well, guess what? The government doesn't have anything like that. There's no federal or state agency that has anything like that. So those are the fakes. Now, what does certified mean? Well, there is no certification nationally, like there's no federal certification, but legitimate agencies will typically give dogs a certification paper, possibly even a card, and like Merlin's kids have, we have our own patch with our logo, 
with the service dog I am working. Please do not pet me. Very clearly emblazoned on it. That does not come from the government. That is because we place hundreds and hundreds of legitimate, amazingly trained and amazingly behaved service dogs with people for 15 or 20 years, actually 18 years. So what happens is when you see someone with a service dog and it has an agency name on it, that probably is a real one. But if it has, now granted, it doesn't mean anything, but you can't ask, you can't just randomly say, oh, I think you have a fake service dog. You can say that, you can say anything you want, but maybe that is a real service dog, but it's just not really well-trained or well-behaved. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, about what do you do, those of you who have reached out to me, and actually quite a few people have reached out to me and asked, how do I retrain or train my dog who I bought from an agency that said it was a service dog and now my dog is out of control and can't do what it was supposed to So stay tuned. We'll be right back to explain what to do with that. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Purr Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to purspraypet.com. That's P-U-R-spraypet.com, purspraypet.com. Or call us now at 386-310-3924. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. We're talking today about how you can retrain or start to train your own dog to be a service dog. Now, there are two different aspects, obviously many more, but that two that we're going to be discussing today. First thing is, it doesn't matter if your dog can detect whatever it can medically with you if that dog is not a joy to be around and well-behaved and knows how to go underneath tables, goes, you know, walks behind or beside you unless it's a lead guide dog. So the main thing that we're focusing on is behavior. Now, I happen to be traveling uh, with, with several of my people and uh, our favorite person in the world, Jill, who's in um, central New York State, and I were eating at a restaurant, and there was a very, very cute uh, 
labradoodly, golden doodly, half and half dog that was there with a vest, with a harness, and I walked in with my Savannah, who's two years old, and she walked in very quietly and calmly, and there was a lovely, lovely lady there, and this dog, her dog started barking at Savannah, who didn't even acknowledge the dog, and as a matter of fact, the waiter asked if my dog was deaf, because he said, didn't she hear the dog barking? I said, of course she did, but she knows she's got to ignore it, so it just isn't an issue. Well, you know, you never know what you don't know. And I'm always uh, the person who decides, like, I think you should think about things and, and look at the inherent good of people. So I gave my card to the shop owner, and I got a phone call from one of the nicest people I've ever spoken to. And she was the owner. The the daughter had, they had uh, raised quite a bit of money for a service dog for the daughter, and the dog had been placed by 10 months of age, I believe it was that she told me. So at 10 months, this dog was supposedly a service dog that was trained for a diabetic alert dog. Now, not to go into names or any specifics, but obviously they didn't know what they were doing and they didn't put time into this dog. And the dog, you know, really was not, you know, at at 10 months or 8 months or whatever it was, nowhere near ready to go out and to be on its own, and especially going into a school with a child and doing a job on top of it. So this is a big red flag. If you're looking for a dog and if you want to get a service dog or or train your own, you need to contact someone who's been doing it for a really long time and doing it well for a really long time. Be very careful when it's one person who's training a dog because typically... You'll have someone who says, oh, I raised, you know, puppies for, you know, guide dog puppies. And you think, well, yeah, but 80-plus percent of guide dog puppies never make it because they're messed up uh, or or not trained properly by the puppy raisers. So being a puppy raiser to me is, is almost a detriment because if you can't, if you do five dogs and only one makes it, you're doing something wrong. I'm a Rhodesian Ridgeback breeder, grand champion Rhodesian Ridgeback. We've won at Westminster, AKC Ace Award, AKC Ukanuba Championships, all kinds of different things, best in show, group winning, all kinds of fun, cool stuff. Well, why do I say that? Because I'm not a one-hit wonder. So I've got many Rhodesian Ridgebacks, all grand champions, all beautiful, and that's what you want. You want someone who can say, hey, I've trained this dog. I've trained this dog. I've trained. Hey, talk to the people. Look at the dog. Not one, but many. And oftentimes what we find is that people will tend to say, oh, I saw one really good dog, so I'm going to go with this lady. She only does one dog a year. And that scares me because if you're a very, very, very small agency and you've only done one or two dogs a year, You don't have the experience. You just don't have the experience that you would have had you been involved training maybe 40 a year or 60 a year. Now, the other thing is you want somebody who's going to be able to be reachable and who's going to include in whatever price that the dog is going to cost because, unfortunately, dogs cost money. And even though we try to give all of ours away for free, after a while... When we don't have enough donations coming in, 
we can't do free anymore, and we need people to help us so that we can help their child or help the veteran. So one of the important parts of that is to make sure that there is going to be included in that some kind of follow-up help by not just one person, again, by a group of people. So like United Canine Professionals, who is Merlin's kid's sister organization, United, the letter K, the number nine, professionals.com, we have a team of canine behaviors. These are all people who are certified or near certified as natural canine behavior rehabilitation specialists all over the world. We have 38 states and then we have 10 other countries besides the U.S. represented. And what's so cool about that is that if somebody needs help, and if the original person is not available or moves or has a baby or has something happen or is ill, we have many, many other people in our group who are able to then go and help out and work with the dog and work with the people. The other thing that really sets us apart from other agencies at Merlin's Kids is that at Merlin's Kids, when you get a service dog, you have to be in our service and therapy dog training classes, which are uh, every other week, and it lasts for six months. You have to do homework. You have to show us videos that you're keeping up with things. Yeah, it's a little bit of work, but more dogs are untrained, and I've seen this time and time again, where dogs are completely untrained, not that they weren't trained initially, but they weren't trained Uh, for long enough, and the people don't have any kind of a manual or a book or anything to follow. That's one of the neat things with what we do, because um, since I'm the founder of United Canine Professionals and of Merlin's Kids and of a number of other uh, companies, I wrote down, not about service dogs, yes, we have a manual, we're not going to give that out to people so they can go try this at home, but I have written quite a few behavior books, and the best one for anyone here to be interested in and to read that will help you so much is called Happen, S-H-H-H, Happens, Dog Behavior 101. And what happens when you read that book, you will understand why dogs do what they do, and it will give you a starting point so that you're able to train or retrain your dog so your dog is going to be the best dog in the world. Remember, if we're not going to give you follow-up, how the heck do we expect you, who've never had a dog or never trained a dog before, to train a dog? So the lady in the restaurant is actually going to be in our next class. We're going to work with her, and we have several people. We have six people, actually, up in the central New York region. And uh, these people will together help this nice lady and her daughter so that this dog will be able to be the dog that she needs it to be. Now, then we get into certain breeds. Now, in my book, Happens, Dog Behavior 101, in the book, it actually does go through the different breeds and combinations that are good and why they're good or why they're bad. Many dogs and many of these mixes, the designer dogs, are very amped up and they're very hyper and you're always fighting that where you're always trying to calm down the hyper kid instead of choosing the right dog that isn't hyper to start with and your job is much easier and you don't have problems. So stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit more in a moment. We'll be right back. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. 
For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H.com. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dogs to service dog with Janice Wolf and with the Bunny Dog and Wyatt and Fallon and Brandy and all of our babies who are here in my studio right now vegging out because it's such a nice day and they're all just hanging out with me. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what to do and how to work with your dog whom you might already have. Now, I've said it before, and I was in an interview with uh, Deb Wolf yesterday. Um, She has a show on the same great network. And one of the questions that she had posed was about uh, a dog who was actually on a boat for whale watching. Now, you know, there's a limit to really, I mean, it's what's fair to the dog and what's fair to the child. But realistically, you want to make sure that your dog is going to be safe. Now, If a dog is afraid of something, just imagine you take your dog, and I've always thought of this, I could take Wyatt into a a hot air balloon, and he'd be fine. But what happens if, for whatever reason, he was not fine? You can't undo that. And sometimes you have to be logical and maybe not take the dog into certain locations that might not be safe. The same way, you know, yes, Wyatt has been to... Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel concerts and Kenny Loggins concerts and uh, a great, great Broadway or off-Broadway show that uh, we just saw about the Middle Ages, and it was was really cute. Um, And Wyatt's been to all these things, and Savannah's been at the Bagpipers at the cancer detection over in in Indianapolis, Indiana, and, and North Carolina and Chicago. My dogs are really good. They don't care about noise. They don't care about other animals. All they care about is being with me and helping me. But realistically, you have to think that sometimes the best place for your dog might not be whale watching. Because what happens if a whale, let's say, bumps the side of the boat and the dog is standing up and he falls over or he gets scared? Where is he going to go? These are little boats sometimes, the whale-watching boats. They're not, you know, always like the QE2. These are smaller boats. So if your dog is fine with it, then that's okay, of course. But there are times that I think it is not uh, really the best idea to bring your dog into a situation that might be very dangerous or uncomfortable or scary for him. Remember, you can untrain your dog. That's what I started talking about earlier. Now, what happens when something happens and you don't know what to do? So let's say you're on the whale ship, you're whale watching, 
and the whale bumps into you or a person has a seizure and falls on the dog. And now everybody's worried about the human or the whale. What happens to your dog? Well, your dog might be afraid. It might be fearful. He might try to actually get away. He might potentially jump somewhere he shouldn't be jumping. He could knock somebody down. There are a lot of different things that can happen, but let's talk for a minute about how to prevent that from becoming a bigger problem than it already is. So if you have, let's say, a nice dog who's very well behaved, he's calm, he's, you know, maybe he's not Wyatt, but he's, uh, he's a good dog and he really does his job well, maybe you can chance it. But when you take a dog who is basically in the same scenario all the time and he either goes to school with a child or he, you know, only does one thing or he only goes out sometimes when they go to restaurants, and the rest of the time the dog, you know, is home lounging around, you shouldn't take him without any additional training unless you know that that dog, without a doubt, is going to be behaved the same way out that he is in. So if you wanted to, for instance, get the dog used to flying and the dog has never flown, there are things that you can do, and this is what we discuss in our class. And you can call up and become a part of our class, and there is a tuition for it. There is a fee, and then we certify them according to our guidelines so that the dogs, we know what the dogs can and can't do. Uh, normally, they can do pretty much anything. But then at least you have a legitimate training, and you have an agency that will stand by the training of your dog. Now, that's merlinskids.org. So let's say for a moment you purchase a dog or you adopt a dog and the dog needs to be retrained like the lady I spoke about earlier, like her dog. And I heard a lady in Arizona who called me who was very seriously hearing impaired and an agency that I think it was $22,000, she told me, that the agency basically gave her the dog, she gave them the money, they had like a couple of hours of training. That was it. No big deal. And while she was training this dog, um, you know, there was nothing going on. There were no loud sounds. They told her what to do. And then, you know, I guess it was quite a while later, maybe four or five months later, the lady um, and her friends who used to like to go on motorcycles, her friend bought a sidecar, a motorcycle with a sidecar, and I thought this was one of the nicest things anybody had ever done that I'd heard. It was just such a wonderful thing. So the friend who has her hearing actually got a uh, motorcycle with a sidecar so that the woman with the dog and her service dog could travel with her. I mean, how nice is that? It's just such a beautiful thing. Well, a little bit of a problem the dog was terrified of loud noises. So first thing, the dog took, um, dragged the lady across the street because there was a dumpster or some kind of a dump truck that was, um, you know, grinding around. And so she, um, she basically got dragged across the street as the dog was running in panic and fear away from the loud noise. Well, the dog also obviously was terrified of the motorcycle, and it wouldn't even get into the sidecar, but once she turned it on, the dog wouldn't go anywhere near the sidecar. Now, just imagine the friend feels horrible now, right, because 
her friend bought a motorcycle specifically so she could also enjoy the things she used to enjoy. So now the dog has limited the lady instead of helping her and performing jobs and duties of a service dog. This dog has now become an anchor and dead weight on her, so she's not able to enjoy the things even that she used to do. And this is what's kind of a scary thing because, unfortunately, when you have a dog who is not well-trained and well-behaved, it limits. Like like anybody who listens to my show, For the Love of Dog, which is on, on Fridays uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern, we discuss those kind of things where how few people are really able to just do like I do and just say, hey, Wyatt only, Wispa only, Lexi only, and only those three dogs will get out, will come out of the house, will go into my car, and will wait for me, or into my truck. But most people don't have that. They can't do that. They can't just take their dog and go somewhere and have fun and enjoy themselves. They actually have to limit their their things and not go to places and not do what they would want to do because their dog doesn't get along with other dogs or other people or chases joggers or you know, motorcycles or skateboards or whatever it is. And that's really what the show is about. But it's what For the Love of Dog is is about, is training you to teach your dog in a way the dog understands so that the dog is then able to do those jobs for you, whatever those jobs may be. So if you need to train your dog how to be a service dog or retrain your dog, you need to get in touch with us at 855-HI-WYATT, 855-HI-WYATT, or MerlinsKids.org. And we'll be back in a moment to teach you a few other things and give you some more information. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough. Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm, your dog can be goo healthy. There's Doggy Goo to find environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo healthy. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, again, we're talking about dogs who become untrained or dogs who are really never trained in the first place. The problem is with the young lady, the, the, the very nice woman that we met in central New York, is that the dog was never trained properly in the first place. Maybe they didn't know how to train the dog properly. Maybe they they just didn't have expertise. This was definitely the wrong dog. That goes without saying. It was the wrong breed. It was the wrong dog. And when they placed the dog, they even told this family, well, it's a very active dog. You're going to have to walk him an hour, two or three times a day. And the the mom is like, wait a minute. I, I can't walk this dog 
two or three hours a day for the rest of its life. I've got children I have to take care of. And that's exactly the point. I think a lot of people don't understand that it does change the amount of time you have. Even you have dogs like my dogs who are the best dogs in the world and are so well-behaved, and they're easy. you still got to get up at some point and take them out. you still got to feed them and walk them and make sure they're clean and make sure if they're, if they're ill or they're not feeling well, they go to the vet, make sure they have their annual shots and taking them in. And I always suggest service dogs go in twice a year and make sure you get blood work. Insurance is always a good idea to, uh, to have if you have a service dog just in case there's a problem because if your, your pet has a torn ACL, that's one thing. But if your service dog has a torn ACL, you've got to get it fixed or your dog may not be able to perform the job for which he has been trained. So, again, when you have any time that a dog is, or any animal, or a child, or a friend comes over, it does present more work. And you need to understand that and realize that it's okay that it takes that extra time. It's absolutely okay, but you still have to, you know, again, make sure that you're uh, doing the right things and giving the dog what the dog needs as a dog. So when you're starting to retrain your dog, that's where you need to find somebody. Um, We do everything actually nationally and internationally. Uh, We have a distance learning program, and then you have the hands-on. But again, you have to make sure that the agency that you're dealing with to train with the dog is not basing it on obedience or clickers or shock collars on the other end or, or choker chains. Let them base it on behavior, and very, very few people truly understand behavior and canine behavior. But think about this. If I give you a cookie, or if I punish you, right, I give you a cookie if you do a particular body position. Let's say you sit, and I give you a cookie. And now you can be the best cookie-receiving cookie dog sitter ever, and somebody has a cookie, and the dog's sitting before the cookie even comes out. The dog goes, oh, I know what to do. I have to just, you know, sit down, and then if, once my butt hits the ground, I get a cookie. Well, now we're training him with food. So that's fine if that works. But now you're either going to take the food away, which means that the dog is now not trusting because you used to give him the food, kind of like a bad marriage going south, You used to give him something, but now you're not giving him anything anymore. So now he says, well, wait a minute. I don't think I need to do this anymore. And they can become very easily untrained. The other thing that can happen is if you have, let's say, uh, a puppy and you're always teaching him for food, now he's always food motivated. He's always thinking about food. No matter what is going on in his life, He's thinking, oh, there's food. Now he goes into a hospital or a nursing home, and this is a super common problem for service dogs and therapy dogs. Now some kid's got, you know, peanut butter sandwich all over his face, or he's got, you know, a steak or something that he's, you know, got a piece of, a little piece of hamburger. And now the dog, who thinks that the world revolves around food, this dog instead is looking for food and trying to find food all over the place, on the floor, on a plate, on a kid's hand, and a, on a face, wherever. And as you can imagine, that changes things because now the dog isn't interested 
in doing the job for you or as a service dog, the dog is interested in seeing what he can get from you. That's kind of like some of you will have children like that. They're really, really nice, and you kind of look at them and go, what do you need? What do you want me to buy you? Because suddenly the child is kind of turning into that, like, child or dog that you want to have, and suddenly you you know there's the, the jig's up. There's something going on. So what we do at Merlin's Kids and at United Canine Professionals, we do the service dog, quote-unquote, training from a behaviorist perspective. What we do is very different from anything that anyone else does, and that's why we don't have an attrition rate. We don't have a failure rate. Uh, if we have one that maybe isn't quite good enough, if they're, all of our dogs are always good enough to go to a veteran or to uh, another person, an adult perhaps, with an issue. But we don't have dropouts and failures, and we constantly get that. I put out a post because we needed some fosters for a couple of puppies. Everybody wanted to adopt them. Like, no, we don't have failures. I'm not going to put all those thousands of dollars and hundreds and hundreds of hours of time into a puppy that I'm going to give away to a family because unlike some of the other agencies, no, we don't get, you know, uh, $100 million or, or $10 million a year to run our organization. We do it on about $1 million and we put out somewhere around 60 dogs for that. It's pretty incredible how we can do that. But some dogs, like I said at the top of the hour, need a little bit more time and some dogs are just a little bit easier. So it doesn't matter other than the fact that depending on what your child or what you need that dog to do and then finding the right dog, that's what takes the time. So the lady in the restaurant is going to join in our upcoming class for canine behavior and for a private service dog, which we have on our website on merlinskids.org. And she will learn how to make that dog into a well-behaved dog. Now, it's still a half Labradoodle, half Golden Doodle, so it's still going to be kind of a butthead and kind of, you know, excitable because that's what it is. You can't take the, you know, ADHD out of a, a doodle. It's just what they do. And But what we will be able to do is have the dog able to control itself and to hopefully do that job for the child. And then maybe when the vest is off, maybe it'll be a little bit of a butthead. But at least she's going to be able to have that dog do at least part of the job that it was supposed to do. The problem is that if she hadn't met me and Jill and she had just been going on, she was trying to have somebody help her who was a puppy raiser, which is lovely. But they don't, they're focusing on food, and half the problem is that the dog is all over the place with food and looking for food and looking for rewards and looking to get in trouble. What we want the dog to do is to actually become like like your child, where your child wouldn't, you wouldn't say, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me, here's a cookie, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me, here's a cookie. You would walk, and because you were going somewhere, your child would know, oh, I've got to go with mom. And that's what we want. We want the dog following and doing its job just because it knows that that's what its job is, not because it's looking to get something, not because it's looking to try to get some kind of reward, and certainly never to do something or to not do something out of fear 
or 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 being afraid of of you know of something or someone who might hurt it. We want to build up confidence by building up trust, respect, and connection. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our last segment in just a moment. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial. No sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat-treated to help retain all the natural, rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com. Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf and with the Deep Bunny Dog. It's still hot out. We definitely need to get some a little bit cooler here, but hopefully that'll be happening soon as the temperatures start to cool down. Uh, it's going to make it a little easier for those of you who do have dogs with behavioral issues um, who are trying to be trained for service dogs to get them out a little bit more so they can calm down. But just remember, a dog who is tired, and I've heard this on the guy on TV, although I don't really watch the show ever, I've had people tell me this and I have heard it, a tired dog is a well-behaved dog. Uh, no, actually, a tired dog is a tired dog. A well-behaved dog is a well-behaved dog. If I can have 16 or at one point 22 Rhodesian Ridgebacks at my farm or at my home, and I can have that many dogs in one room, and you don't even know if I've got one dog because they don't bark and they don't whine and they don't you know, get in fights and they don't do things, that is a well-behaved dog. I have 41 total well-behaved dogs that you wouldn't even know were even there. That's well-behaved. Now, let's see. How many times do I skateboard with them a day? Uh, that would be zero. And how many times do I throw a ball for them to burn off steam? That would be zero. How many times a week do I go to the dog park with my dogs? Uh, that would also be zero. How many times do I yell at my dog? Definitely zero. How many times do I get to kiss my dog? Constantly. How many times do I get to enjoy my dog? Calmly? Constantly. How many times do I get to sleep with my dogs in bed with me? Constantly. So 
you see, it's not about tiring your dog out to try to get him to comply. It's about teaching your dog what you expect of him. Exactly what do you want him to do? And this is what drives me nuts. People train a dog to sit. Why? People train a dog to lie down. Why? Who cares if the dog is sitting? Who cares if the dog is lying down? What you should care about is that the dog isn't running out an open door, jumping on people, biting somebody, growling, barking, whatever you want to say. But that is what the dog should be not doing. The dog shouldn't have to sit on a hot pavement or lie down in a wet area of grass if it doesn't want to. If the dog is standing and is calm and confident and happily following the owner, then that's all that matters. But people get hung up on a lot of times with obedience. And believe me, I'm not knocking obedience. Wyatt's brother, Rambo's John Dillinger, with a gazillion titles, and he just got some Arch X now. He's got something else. It's like the top of the top of the top. Well, he's an amazing obedience dog, but he started out, he's one of my puppies, he's Wyatt's littermate, and he started out as a super well-behaved dog with no behavioral issues who could do anything. And all of my dogs and all of even my rescue dogs become that because that's just what I expect in my home. I'm not a tyrant. I don't ever hurt my dogs. I don't yell at my dogs. I don't hit my dogs. I don't scream. I don't expect them to do things wrong. I expect that in my home they follow the rules of my home, like your children would follow the rules in your home. Now, you may be laughing it to yourself now and saying, yeah, my kids, nobody respects me. My husband doesn't or my wife doesn't. My dog doesn't. My kids don't. Well, that's the problem. If it's your house... And if you live in an area, you live in a home, or you live in an apartment, or you live in an RV, or a trailer, whatever, it's your home. And if it's your home, then nobody else can tell you what to do in your home. You have to think like a dog. So if a dog is doing all those things, bumping you out of the way, and you're going around him and stepping over him, and if you're giving him cookies to bribe him for everything, I've seen people, the dog is seven, eight, nine years old, and they're still giving it a cookie when it comes in from outside for going potty. Do you think your seven-year-old dog is potty trained yet? Oh, well, he is, but we've gotten a habit. Okay, but that's why your dog is 23 pounds overweight, because your Pomeranian shouldn't be 45 pounds. Your Pomeranian should be 18 pounds or 15 pounds. And that is exactly the issue. So don't treat your dog like you're trying to bribe him like you would do with a child. Just teach your dog what the rules of the house are, what you expect of him. Then when you go out to a mall with your service dog, he'll act like a service dog. He won't constantly be begging for things and looking for things and seeing what he can get from you. He'll be looking to see what he can give to you, how he can do things to help you. And that's really how simple it is. Now, if you read my book, Happens, S-H-H-H, Happens, Dog Behavior 101, once you read the book, it'll make so much sense to you. And we have a great dog walk coming up, actually, next week. 
on September 13th in New Jersey. You can look it up on MerlinKids.org or on our Facebook page. You can access it also by BBS Radio and look up For the Love of Dogs and From Shelter Dogs to Service Dogs. And you can look up on my profile and the uh, description there all of the cool things we're going to have. And, yes, you can bring a dog, whether it's a service dog or a legitimate one or a not legitimate one or I don't call it illegitimate because no dog is illegitimate um, or it's just a pet. You can bring your dog and you'll have about 10 at least of our team members from UnitedK9Professionals.com um, and we'll be able to help you with things like that. And that's always fun because then you're learning. Just think like a dog. Think differently than you were thinking before. If you're constantly giving the dog a reward for sitting down or lying down because you're just so happy, finally shut up and stop, then that's the energy you're putting out, and that's what you're going to get. Just remember, your energy affects your dog's behavior. Your energy affects your dog's behavior. Your dog can be hyper because of you, and if you have a kind of high-strung child, the last thing you do in the world is put him in or her in with a hyper dog because they're going to bounce off the walls together. So really what it amounts to is going with a legitimate agency, check not for a year or two, but check to make sure that these people have been in business and have multiple, multiple dogs. Make sure that the people don't have lawsuits or make sure they don't have you know criminal background. You know, check to see who you're dealing with. And, you know, yeah, anybody can have a doctor's bill or something that you don't pay cause, or you go through a divorce. I'm not talking about that or a speeding ticket. Uh, but really what it amounts to is making sure that the people you're dealing with are legitimate and have, you know, the, the skills to do things and that they're going to back that up by having humans and dogs who are going to be able to help you once you have that dog. If somebody comes in and says, hey, we're going to you know, give you a service dog and it's $20,000 or it's $5,000, it doesn't matter. Make sure they know what they're doing. Make sure you check them out. Running criminal background checks is always very handy. And above all else, make sure that if it doesn't seem right or doesn't feel right, don't do it. Well, again, if you need me or any of our amazing staff at Merlin's Kids, you can contact us at www.merlinskids.org or 855-HI-WYATT or at unitedk9professionals.com or 855-4K9-PROS, which is 855-459-7767. You should definitely... Get in touch with us if you are interested in training your dog to be a service dog because we do have the classes. We have some amazing things coming up, amazing people. And if you want to be a behaviorist and learn how to be a natural canine behavior rehabilitation specialist, we can teach you how to do that too. You may also have somebody in your life who has dogs or who is a teacher who might like to have a career working with uh, behavioral intervention or therapeutic facilitation. So let them know about us, and we're going to let you go and see you back here next Tuesday. Be good to your dog, to yourself. Hang in there and have a wonderful, 
Happy, healthy holidays. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. 